Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. The following program contains topics particular to the LGBTQ plus community. Some discussions may contain mature themes. As such, listener discretion is advised. This is Pride Connection, sponsored by BlindLGBTPride.org, otherwise known as BPI, every Tuesday night at 10 p.m. on ACB Media One, and shortly after on all your major podcast catchers. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Pride Connection. And I know that you've missed us the last couple of weeks or you've been listening to the replays. We are now going to be every other week, but that is so that we can bring you the most quality programming that we can come up with. I am your host, Anthony Corona. As always, I am here with Gabriel Lopez Cafati and we'll introduce our newest board members in a few minutes. Gabriel wants to say a couple of words for Thanksgiving and his usual president's message. So Gabriel, take it away. Thanks, Anthony, and welcome back to Pride Connection, everyone. We're so excited, as always. There is so much going on in BPI. Uh, First of all, you will be listening to this program around Thanksgiving. So just sending lots of gratitude and many, many blessings, uh, starting with our BPI family, our extended ACB family, and... uh, our friends, allies, and everyone. Uh, it, it's so good to be in this place in this moment and to share a little bit of BPI with all of you. So we're grateful for you listeners and for you followers and allies, friends, members, part of the family. So uh, really quickly, like Anthony said, I don't want to take airspace from our protagonists of the hour, our newest elected board members. So I will let Anthony do introductions. I just want to take a moment to thank outgoing board members, Jessica Kell and Mark Hanohano and uh, Holly Karsmarski, who all have several commitments in their personal and professional lives. So um, they had to step down, but we look forward to their participation, either here on Pride Connection or uh, at a future board position when life is is calmed down for them. Also, I want to give a quick mention of appreciation uh, to um, one of our allied members, Margie Donovan, who ran from the floor. Margie, we hope you run again in a future election. With that being said, I will let Anthony welcome our amazing <laughs> dream team, newest members of BPI's board of directors. 
Well, thank you, Gabriel. So I know some of you might be expecting our transgender um, conversation. And unfortunately, one of our participants, her partner, um, contracted COVID, is fully vaccinated, thank God. But because of other health issues, needed to be in the hospital just for preventative to make sure that everything was okay. So we'll be recording with them. Uh, and that will be our next Pride Connection. So we had to bump our previously scheduled Pride Connection up to this week. And that is to welcome our newest board members. We have Mr. Byron Lee, who you all know from Pride Connection and Sunday Edition and all the many things that he does for BPI. Welcome, Byron. Hey there. I am celebrating this episode of Pride Connection with a pack of gingerbread Oreo cookies. So uh, I'll be just munching on those during uh, tonight's show. So if you hear munching, munchy sounds, don't don't mind me. It's just, just me enjoying some Oreos. Nice. I'm going to have to get somebody to point them out to me in public. So I've got to try those. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If only I could find the Lady Gaga Oreos, then I would be, yeah, life would be complete. <laughs> they were not born that way, though. <laughs> we also have John Denning, known as JD. JD, welcome to Pride Connection. Thank you. Hello, everybody. And hey, you said protagonist, so um, we can't all be protagonists. I'll take the antagonist role. Ooh. <laughs> give, us your, <laughs> give us your best dark villain laugh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a grumpy old man laugh. I don't know. <laughs> I'll work on it. <laughs> and we have first time ever to Pride Connection. Well, no, actually, not first time ever. You heard her last, uh, our last show talking about Denver. So actually, welcome back, Vita Zabali. Yes, I don't have as many exciting things to tell you as I did about Denver. But still, I am here, and I'm, I'm very excited to be here and to be a new board member. And Vita is so wonderful. She's giving up her lunch at work today to be here for Bride Connection. You know, we pre-record. So we're going to start with Vita in case anyone knocks on the office door and drags her back to actual working duties. Vita, could you do us a very big solid and tell us a little about yourself and your history with ACB slash BPI? I am very excited that I will be turning 60 next year. And I know most people don't say your age, but you know what? It's okay. And uh, so I hope to party with BPI and my family and friends in my life. So that's where I am in that part of life. I work full time in healthcare. I am a digital accessibility specialist, and uh, I do a number of things in that role, including training, testing. I work with developers, designers, content writers, and so forth. And on a personal level, I live in Northern California. I'm originally from New York. Go New York. Go girl. Right. And uh, and I live in Northern California. I'm married. I have two dogs. You know, we consider those our children. And I have been a part of the California Council of the Blind for, uh, I don't know, almost 15 years, I would say. And I've held a number of roles, including being on the state board, 
I'm a treasurer for three affiliates right now. I'm the president of the San Francisco chapter. I chair the technical operations group, blah, 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 volunteer, volunteer, you know, and on and on. BPI, I am fairly new to BPI. I'm very proud to be a life member. And I've been a member for a few years, but I don't think I really connected until I went to the fall social and I actually met the people, you know, who were making a difference in BPI. And that trip really made me feel invited, connected, ready to be a part and make a difference. Is that enough? Yeah, that's enough. Um, You know, currently, you will be the only ally on the board currently. What does it mean to you to be an ally to our organization and, and to now help lead the organization as an ally? Well, as I mentioned in the last connection, when I went to Denver, I didn't feel any different. I, I felt like I was a part of the group. There was no separation. I didn't feel any separation. And matter of fact, while I was there, I never even thought of the word ally. We were friends. And I feel that there is power in we. So we as an organization can accomplish a lot, whether we're allies, whether we're part of the LBGTQIA community, no matter what community you're from, we're here to do one job as a group. So I don't really feel different on the board. Awesome. That's probably the best answer that you could have given. And uh, kudos to you for knowing the other letters. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I forgot question. (laughs) (laughs) we know that you're at work so if you do have to um sneak out we will completely understand but in a little while we'll talk about some goals for the organization for the year i'm gonna jump to mr john denny uh welcome back to pride connection same thing tell us a little bit about yourself and your history with uh bpi slash acb Okay. Um, I have been associated with ACB in one way or another for a very long time, like since the mid-70s. That was in California, Silicon Valley. When you were Zygote? (laughs) (laughs) And I I moved to uh, Hawaii and I joined the uh, chapter there. Uh, That was uh, ACB, Aloha Council. And then I moved to Idaho. And I held several roles uh, chapter in, in the chapter and in the state, and that was busy. And we had a very, a very small but very active group there. And I think because we felt so alone uh, amongst the uh, other three-letter group that uh, we were very united. And now I'm in Georgia, and I've held roles here in the Atlanta area in in local chapters. And I went to convention in 2004 and met up with B-Flag, and I joined then, and I was at home. I mean, this is where I wanted to be, the people I wanted to be. I developed some lifelong friends. 
And I uh, went back to a convention in 2014, and I just love uh, BPI and the people and uh, believe in what we're doing, all the positive aspects and everything Vita said about it is all true. And I echo all that. And it's just just a, a positive thing. And I just want to be part of it and give a little bit back. Awesome. All right, Mr. Lee, you're up. <laughs> Woohoo. Okay, well. My discovering of ACB happened because of my radio show that I do. I do a comedy music show called The Fun Zone. And I started that show way back in 1999. It started out as an internet radio show. And my friend Jim Pemberton, who is an ACB of Illinois member, he came to me and said, hey, the students at the radio station that I work for WQ&A in Springfield, Illinois, they're all taking vacation over Thanksgiving and we need some live programming. And I've heard your show. Would you be interested in hosting a couple of hours over Thanksgiving? So this was, you know, what behind the ears, rookie Byron, you know, I was, I don't know, like 19 at the time. And uh, it was my first experience on the real radio. And and so I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to do that. That sounds awesome. And uh, he gave me a, a show uh, on a regular basis, a co- like, a, like a year later on that same station. And when ACB Radio was created, again, Jim came to me and said, hey, uh, there's this new station, uh, ACB Radio Interactive. Would you be interested? And I was like, yeah, that'd be great. Even more affiliates, even more experience. Yeah. yeah. So I, I joined ACB Radio in 2003. My first convention was the uh, convention in Las Vegas in 2005. And uh, my friends, Tom and Daryl, and my friend Dwayne, who was their roommate, we all took an RV down to Las Vegas. And I joined uh, ACB at that convention. Tom and Daryl were members of B-Flag at the time. And actually, they, I think Daryl ran for a board position and was elected. And so I was involved a lot in, in doing stuff for BPI, setting up audio equipment and things like that. It was back when it was B-Flag. And of course, at the time, I was very much acting the straight man. I was very, 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 very in the closet, which was a shame because I was in a very accepting environment and it would have been fine had I come out, but I just wasn't, I wasn't done yet. And so uh, I remember being at a a B-flag mixer, and there was a very attractive bartender with a studded collar and no shirt. And I just remember kind of going, yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, I had a very good time participating with B-flag, doing things like riding roller coasters and going out to a club and doing things like our safe sex seminar and having a, a spaghetti dinner. It was a really great experience. But then I got a job and my involvement in ACB kind of dwindled. Um, oh, and I forgot to mention that after I went to that convention in Vegas, I started helping the local affiliate in Illinois with their state conventions. I was doing the audio for the state conventions for about three or four years. And then I got a job. And so my involvement in ACB kind of dwindled a bit. And Larry Turnbull had moved to Illinois, and he was also very techy. So He took over the audio stuff at the state convention. So I focused on my job at Horizons for the Blind. But in 2016, my best friend, Sarah, 
said, hey, we should go to the convention, the state convention or the national convention in Minneapolis. And I was like, yeah, that sounds like a fun time. So I got a, a roommate situation with Larry Turnbull and Rachel Schroeder and myself. And I think Debbie Hazleton, too. I think we all shared a room. I don't remember the particulars anymore. But anyway, I got my room pretty much taken care of. And I got a job doing the audio for the national convention and worked very closely with Rick Morin and really had a great time at that convention. And during that convention, I reconnected with EPI because they had a mixer on Friday night and there was Dare to Share and there was drinking and I opened up. I let my vulnerability out and I, I dared to share. And that was the beginning of my coming out because I had kind of come out to this room of people that I didn't know. And then I kind of closed back up, went back to work, went back into the closet and dated a girl for like four years. And then when we broke up, I was like, you know, COVID was happening. And I was like, what am I doing with my life? You know, I, I am definitely not 100% straight. What am I doing? And so I uh, joined BPI because I remembered what a welcoming group they were. Uh, I really needed a support system during the, the pandemic. And so I started talking a lot in the WhatsApp room. And um, they really helped me with coming out to my parents and my family and my friends. And I just really want to give back. I, I really want to give back to the organization that helped change my life so much. I, I'm a little bit speechless. Um, that's an incredible testament to what BFLAG slash BPI you know, can mean and does mean to so many of us. I wonder, um, Vita or JD, if, if you have any comments or questions on, on Byron's journey. That was an amazing, amazing story. And not only now have you come out to a group, but you've come out on radio. Oh, well, let's <laughs> Boy, take about that. three and a half steps back. Byron, why don't you tell your actual official oh. coming out on radio story? <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Okay. So, so this, this was a few months of, uh, this is after a few like months of being involved in BPI. And I had started helping Anthony with Sunday edition and uh, who was it? Dan Spoon that you had on your show at the time. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Anthony had mentioned how helpful Dan Spoon was in, in getting a B flag slash BPI started and what a great ally he was. And of course, I wasn't thinking about the fact that not many people knew that I was out yet. Like I, I was still sort of slowly working on the the dropping the bomb and very because they say that once you come out, you never stop coming out. There's always somebody who in your life who doesn't know, and then you have to explain, and then they go, ah, "Really?" Anyway, so I was in the process of of dropping bombs here and there, and I just was wasn't thinking. And I was just like, Dan, I just really want to thank you because you know when B Flag uh, originally started, I was so in the closet and. Uh, you know, they really helped me to just open up and realize my true nature and to uh, be my authentic self. And I just want to thank you. And then Leah messaged me and said, did you just come out on Sunday? Uh (laughs) Oh, I guess I sort of. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) We get lots of, we get lots of emails for both Pride Connection and Sunday edition, um, but never, did my phone go bing, 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 bing. 
for like three hours after the show, I just kept getting messages and emails. Did Byron just come out? Did Byron just come out? Did Byron just come out? <laughs> that was so fun. I was like, oh my God. But it did, didn't I? Oops. Oh, yeah, I appreciate Byron's uh, story because, I mean, in a little ways, it it's, echoes mine and some things that life takes you other directions. You go here and there. Now, see, I never had a label for myself. I I never. Okay, this I not to meant to be offensive to straight guys, but I've never really felt comfortable around just purely straight guys, especially the more macho ones. Oh, what'd you think of the big game last night? Oh, that so turns me off. That just so turns me off. Um, but <laughs> so, no offense to anybody, you can enjoy the big game. But uh, so it was just, it was not an epiphany that, oh, I'm this, because I didn't know any this to be. I knew I wasn't really straight because I've, I've had special guys in my life from the get go. But I didn't, you know, it was more the feeling in society that you were either straight or you were gay. And there was no in-between, even though they talked about the, the scale and so forth, but not general society. So it was finally later that I, well, hey, no, I'm, I'm on that scale and I bounce back and forth and usually in the middle. And so I'm, I'm straight up by, <laughs> if I can put it that way. So that's, that's yeah. me. So I appreciate Byron's comments. L- labels are really weird, you know, because like, um, I like guys, but I wouldn't say I'm 100% gay. Um, I like to dress up in more feminine clothing, but I wouldn't say that I would call myself trans or even non-binary because I don't feel like I identify as they or them. Labels, like figuring out exactly where you are on the spectrum and like what the label is, is really hard. And I've kind of sort of figured it out, but it still doesn't really feel right. Like, I guess I would say that I'm pansexual genderqueer, but that still doesn't exactly, the labels are hard. And so I guess I'm just me. Yeah, And that's me one too. of the beautiful things about BPI. You know, I, I will say I, I don't really like labels either. Um, but I will say that I'm gay. You know, and friends that have known me for a very long time, cousins and things. Oh, my God. But you had so many girls. Yeah, I did. It was good. I enjoyed it. But, you know, this is where my life is now. Will I ever go back to so many girls? Probably not. Um I won't, you know, I won't rule out that, you know, I don't know if J-Lo ever stops by the house. You know, she does spend a lot of time in Miami. If J-Lo stops by the house, as much as I love Gabriel, I might have to ask for a hall pass. For those of you out there who might not know, a hall pass is, you know, <laughs> get out of your marriage or, or committed relationship free kind of day. But um, I digress and I'm being silly. But that's the beautiful thing about BPI. A lot of the organizations that are out there for LGBTQ+, you know, tend to want to label, you know, you're pansexual, you're binary, non-binary, you know, you're straight up gay, you're bi. You know, we don't really ever, as far as I can think, other than topic-driven pride connections, I don't think we've ever had any of those actual, like, what are you? Has anyone, JD, you've been around for, for a while now. Has anyone ever asked you from BPI, like, what are you? No, not officially i know in jacksonville we we had a time that we just sort of sat down and and talked about philosophy about uh, feelings who we are but nothing official at all 
I want to shift the conversation a little bit about to what BPI is going to be doing in the next year. Um, well, for you guys, the next two years, because um, I don't know whether or not I'll be reelected to the board in a year. I'm pretty sure I will and hope I will. But, you know, what we're really looking to do and and kind of judge it against where our country at large is at and where we're all, you know, what we're all feeling our mission is. And um, I'll, I'll leave it open if any of you want to step up and, and talk a little bit about what you specifically want to see BPI do. Well, let me, because we, we, we did talk about this before, and I think we need to be more in the mainstream LGBT community with uh, like uh, pride events and so forth, have some sort of recognizable presence. And I, I'm thinking maybe on the coattails of some other organization locally in, in, in our various communities. And again, like I was thinking, and Vita mentioned, I believe you mentioned it, that, uh, you know, we need uh, shirts that uh, with a good logo and, and things like that so we can represent who we are and get the word out and not just get the word out that there are blind LGBT plus, but that you can come join us too. I would love to see us have three, four, 500 members. Absolutely. How about you, Dina? One of the events, if we want to call it an event, that I went to that I found really special was the Dare to Share. I've only gone to one session and it meant a lot to me. I, I got to share experiences that I'm not sure I would have shared outside. So I'm hoping we can do more of those. I, I think, you know, like Byron said, it made a big difference for him as well. Um, and it's a little different than WhatsApp. Because WhatsApp, people go in and out. Um, you don't really know who's going to be there, who isn't. The Dare to Share is the group is there. You know what, what the group is. Um, and then it doesn't get recorded. It's clear that it's a confidential session. So I'd like to see more of that. Um, one of the, the other things that um, I'm starting to do a lot in my own chapter that I'd love to see here is to prepare people for leadership, prepare people to be a board member, to be a committee chair, uh, yeah. to take leadership roles. And there, you know, there's a number of ways to do that. You know, I'm working with someone in my chapter right now who I hope someday will be president and, you know, working very closely with them. And so I'd like for us to maybe either start a program or, you know, some sort of mentorship program, maybe have a program at our convention where maybe each member can talk about what the responsibilities are. And then, you know, literally ask people to step up. Are you interested in being a board member? You don't need to be scared. For the next two years, you can shadow me and we'll work on things together. You know, so nice. that's my thinking. Byron, you're up. During the, the campaign uh, and during the, uh, the final moments of the election, one of the things that I really harped on, and I truly believe it, is that BPI has really got to focus more on the plus and, and also the T part of the LGBT um, part of, of our alphabet. We need to focus on 
the underrepresented portions of our membership. And so I really want to see us have a committee. I really want to see us have open conversations with other portions of the spectrum. And and I just want to figure out what it is that BPI can do to become better for them, to get more of them to join us, and the kinds of programming that we're not doing that we need to focus more on. So that's what I'm hoping to see BPI accomplish in the next two years while I'm on the board. You know, the other thing is I, I really am dedicated to Pride Connection, and I, I want to help it grow. I want to expand our collection of elements. Right now, we have one opening that mentions ACB Media, and yeah. we need more. We really need to launch another campaign. All right, folks, you know, uh, we need your voices. We need you to introduce uh, and give us an outro for Pride Connection and tell us what your favorite version of Rainbow Connection is so that we can play that underneath your voice. I really want to help us expand that. I also want to get more interesting guests for the show, you know, people who are outside of our current membership. So uh, Chris Snyder discovered somebody from TikTok named Sienna Blaze. They are a blind drag queen. And I think that's just really fascinating. And I think, you know, that would be great to get Sienna on a Pride Connection and get some other people from different walks of life on our show. So I'm really dedicated to making Pride Connection even better than it already is. I love that. And, you know, folks who listen every week or now every two weeks know that Pride Connection started out Leah Gardner, our first vice president, Gabriel, the president, myself, helmed the show for a little over a year exclusively. I now, um, you know, have re-kind of titled myself to executive producer. Um, a lot of voices in our group have stepped up and taken shows or co-hosted shows with other members. Um, you and Chris, both individually and separately, have done some amazing shows for Pride Connection. So, yes, I'm using this moment as a commercial to our BPI folks. Like Byron said, um, Jessica Tomlinson just brought us a great topic. Um, Will and Cheryl took a lot of care with social justice conversations. If you have something that you're passionate about or something that comes across your purveyance that you know would work for Pride Connection, please contact Byron or myself. We're the uh, co-executive producers of, of uh, Pride Connection now. And, and we want your voice. You know, I want our members to sit in this chair, you know, figuratively speaking, and helm a conversation and and show the different flavorings of our community through the voices of our members. And like Byron said, please bring some interesting folks from from your own local communities or anything that you come across that would be a great topic. And and let's grow Pride Connection. I know through this year we're gonna look at we looked at it once and decided it wasn't for us at the moment, but we're gonna look at expanding Pride Connection beyond ACB Media and into some of the other possibly fun generating podcasting sites out there. But I digress, and that's and that's Pride Connection. I think um, now we're going to segue a little bit into some of the advocacy stuff that we're interested in. And I know throughout the years, BPI slash BFLAG has dipped their toes in. There have been you know press releases. There have been advocacy campaigns. But over the last two years, we've really stepped up our advocacy game. 
We just recently drafted up something in response to the state of Texas. In fact, you know, our current um, board is looking at incorporation and Texas was one of those states. And one of our board members came back and said, we can't possibly allow this to happen as the organization that we are and then be incorporated in a state that is aggressively rolling back LGBTQ rights, women's rights, voting rights. There's no way that we can be comfortable being incorporated in that kind of state. And that actually morphed into, um, you know, a full on press release from BPI about how we feel. And so I'd like to ask the three of you, what advocacy areas really interest you and where do you want BPI? What pies do you want BPI to stick our thumbs in? Um, I was just going to say, sort of to reiterate what before is uh, sponsorships, uh, partnerships, but not not sponsorships for the purpose of them funding us, but to allow us get our word out there, uh, show who we are, be a, a logo, a, a mention, a, you know, a credit, uh, so that people know. I think that can go a long way. Uh, we need to reach more blind people. We need to reach younger blind people. Uh, it can't be just old farts like me, and some of you are becoming that too. So sorry. <laughs> but, uh, well, I want to. I want to have as much life in me when when I'm hitting the the age you're at, and, well, and same thing with Vita. Yeah, there is that a, much life. A wise Greek man once said, "I want to die young at a very old age." So I, I just think we need to be out there, a presence, and in in that doing that would that would fulfill those goals that will bring in new members that will help people. And uh, that's my thought on that. I would imagine that you probably have heard the same thing that I've heard many, many times over. Oh my God, there are blind gay people. We, you have an organization. (laughs) Yeah, we didn't, we didn't know blind people even thought about things like that. Yeah. You know, you're supposed to just sort of go into a box and do nothing. No life. How how about you, Vita? (laughs) Is there is there some advocacy work that really appeals to you that you want to see BPI? I think some work actually needs to be done right in ACB. Somehow I'd like to encourage more people who who are part of ACB within ACB who are struggling with understanding all of the alphabet letters, what BPI stands for. I think there's some education that needs to be done just within ACB. I don't know if you'd call that advocacy or education, or I just feel like there's not enough people that really understand BPI. You mentioned a guide dogs group. They understand what that is. You mentioned a teacher's group. They understand what that is. But blind pride, I don't think stands out for people. And I want them to see BPI as a group of people who together are making a difference, you know, just by being an affiliate. Uh, And so I, I feel like we need to do some education from within. I like that. Hi, Byron. I really agree so much with what Vita just said. I mean, I've heard even within ACB comments like, 
well, I just don't understand this whole pronouns thing. You know, it's just all that nonsense. It doesn't make any sense. Why do people need to be called they or them? We need to advocate within our own membership so that they understand better. And I also feel like so often when I have heard people talk about ACB to the rest of the world, they mention the diabetics in action and they mention the blinded veterans and they mention the, you know, they, they mention all of these other groups, you know, the teachers and the, you know, the students, but LG, you know, the LGBT community, our organization so often is like not mentioned. And I want for us to be a shining example of an affiliate within ACB. And I want for people to think of us when they think of describing ACB and all of the things that we do and accomplish. So that's one thing. The other thing is, you know, there are so many special days of observation or remembrance that I think we need to be more cognizant of and have programming for. We need to put all those, uh, you know, holidays, as I like to call them, on our calendar. On a and calendar, know- yeah. Yeah, we need to know about them ahead of time and we need to plan for them. We just had the uh, Transgender Day of Remembrance and um, I don't know if we did anything for that, but I really think we should have. And next year, I would really like to make sure that we do. There are just so many holidays that, or, or days of uh, observation or, or remembrance that we could use as opportunities to advocate for people in our community. Nice. We have a couple of minutes left. I'm going to go back to Vita. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the things that you like to do outside of the blindness organizations? What what do you do for fun? What gets you? Are you a TV junkie? Do you like to cook? With what time? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I have a meeting almost every night and, uh, you know, oh my goodness. I used to be two years ago um, before the pandemic and I was very passionate about sailing. And uh, there is a disabled sailing group out in the Bay Area in San Francisco. And we'd go sailing on Sundays. And that was just amazing. And we had, you know, some really good captains that would let you crawl on top of the cabin and uh, help put up the sails. And, you know, not everybody was that brave, but, you know... (laughs) I love the outdoors. I like being outside. I like walking. Um, I like um, experiencing the outdoors. I think the water is really my place. I think I would be a dolphin if I wasn't a person. I like to read. I'm, I'm very much a fictional reader. Uh, some people love nonfiction. It can read it all the time. When I have time to read, I want to get away from the world. And I just want to immerse myself in somebody else's crazy life that doesn't make any sense. And I used to be also very much into ballroom dancing, which I'd like to get back to. I do work out. I have a treadmill and I do go swimming. Uh, So those are kind of my current uh, fun things to do. I know love of the water, you definitely have in common with JD. JD, what other stuff do you like to do outside of the blindness organizations? Uh, You can certainly say that. I love anything uh, on, in, or under the water. 
I've been an avid scuba diver most of my life with over 3,500 dives and all kinds of conditions. I love sailing. Uh, I love hiking. I love the outdoors. Uh, I like technology. I like reading. And as same as you, Vita, I, I want to escape. Uh, I want to escape into other worlds of fantasy, science fiction, and, and other kinds of books, too. I'm very, very eclectic. So I love to read and I love to cook. I've worked as a cook. I've, I've worked as a chef. And I, I enjoy all that. Uh, yeah. That's, I just that's have to ask. 30 seconds or less. <laughs> uh, you know, having lived in Hawaii, is that the best scuba diving you've ever experienced? Oh, no. California, hands down. Yeah, California. Nice. Kelp, kelp beds of California. And Byron, we already know about the fun zone, but um, you've got your finger in a lot of different pies. What are some of the, some of the other fun things that you do? Well, uh, this whole board is a board of, of avid readers, it seems, um, because I also am a big fan of reading. I am a giant nerd as far as science fiction goes. I'm an assistive technology specialist with the state of Minnesota working in the senior services unit. So I uh, help blind seniors all around the state of Minnesota with their uh, assistive technology. I'm also a ham radio operator. So I really enjoy rag chewing on, on uh, two meters. I am currently on the board of the ACB Next Generation. And I'll soon be aging out of that, but I'll still continue to help with uh, programs, especially where there are sound effects involved. I am a podcast editor, so I edit podcasts on the side as a small business that kind of started because of Anthony recommending me to Roy Samuelson as an editor for his podcast, the Know Your Narrator podcast from the Audio Description Alliance Network. And uh, now I'm doing Penny Forward with Chris Peterson, editing his podcast, and I'm about to start another podcast, hopefully soon. So... um yeah, I've got my fingers in a lot of pies. Uh, I am currently considering uh, starting a membership at a gym at the YWCA because it's right down the street from my house. Uh, they have rowing machines and rowing is something that I'm kind of considering getting into, if not you know, at, at a like Paralympian level, at least as a hobby level. I don't know if I'm even that good, um, but my my friend Sarah is like, hey, we should really like get ourselves in shape and we should like try to go for, you know, doing the Paralympics in Paris. I don't think I'm anywhere close to that healthy or good, uh, but it's a goal that might be fun trying for. Um, I haven't even started with that yet. So that's kind of where I am. The, that's all the pies that I have my fingers in. Wait a minute. Let's not sell yourself so short. You also play darts and bowl once a week as well, don't oh, you? Goodness. Yeah. Well, God, I have so many. It's, it's, you know, yeah, you're <laughs> right. So I belong to a blind dart league and a blind bowling league. Uh, every Tuesday and, and Saturday, we do those, uh, those two sports. And you might ask yourself, how in the heck does a blind person play darts? It's easier than you think. We all wear blindfolds. So there's no unfairness, you know, being sighted or partially sighted doesn't give you an advantage at all. And we have a sighted person that tells us if we miss the board, where it landed, uh, and the board talks. So when we when we actually hit the board, we know how many points we got and what clock face and what number on the board we got. So it's a lot of fun. And if you're, I never thought I would ever be into sports. I mean, I, I hate watching sports. And so I thought, oh, there's no way I'll ever want to play competitive sports at all in any way, shape or form. But 
ever since I've gotten into bowling and darts, um, you know, I realized it's just watching sports that's boring. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Uh, avid baseball player, played all through high school, college, uh, a year of minor league ball. But if I have to sit and watch three and a half hours, you know, with the commentary and all that, I, it's almost, you know, mind numbing. <laughs> um, and if you get into rowing, be prepared. It is it is more, much more physical, I think, than you even think at the moment. Um, I had a, about four years worth of rowing and it was it was the best times, but it is physically exhausting. Oh boy, I am prepared. I, I'm, I guess I should get prepared for some grueling uh, sessions. <laughs> so I did not give you guys a heads up or anything, but um, would you like to ask each other a couple of questions? I just have a comment rather than a question, if that's okay. All right. I'm so excited to be on the board with the with new people and and just getting to know you guys through this conversation is really wonderful because it's not something I, I would have been able to know by just going to board meetings and, and, you know, having our regular board meetings. So I really, I really feel like uh, I've connected with DJ and Byron. So thank you. What, um, what's your dance of choice ballroom wise? Uh, salsa. I love salsa. Girl. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That is something that I always wanted to do. You know, when Dancing with the Stars first came out, I remember thinking to myself, you know, it looks so easy, but I know it's not. And it's probably a heck of a lot of fun. Um, never is. got yeah. Never got the opportunity as of yet. But, you know, I'm still young enough to try all kinds of new things. Byron, oh, did yeah. you want to ask um, Vito or JD anything? I am curious from both of you, what if, if you had to pick one book to recommend to the world, what would that top book be? Oh, gosh. Yeah. I truly cannot think of one book. I would have to because it would be to the person. I mean, you know, like I recommended a book to you and you at first didn't like it until you revisited it in a different format and they did. So they're, they're so subjective. So I'd be constantly, Oh, what does that person want? I can't think of yeah. a one book. Yeah. Because you know, like for me, a narration style and, and like the presentation of the book is really important. The book yeah. that you recommended to me was the Vada's war series. Right. And the version that was on Bard, um, it was, it wasn't bad. The book wasn't bad, but it didn't, it didn't hook me. But then I found another version that had sound effects and it had different yeah. people in different parts. And, and then it hooked me because there was, there was more there to hook me. So that's a good point. And see, for me, it's just the opposite. If I, I, I have to struggle through a book that has sound effects and stuff because like, it's a book. It doesn't need it. They're all in my <laughs> head. I have all the sounds right in my head and you know, I see it. I hear it. <laughs> So, yeah, so it's, but I'm not saying you're wrong and I'm not saying I'm wrong. It's just uh, subjective. It really is. Yeah. Because like Chris Snyder, same deal. He's recommended books to me that I was like, mm. you know, it's, it's just like really subjective. Vita, did you, did you have a book that you'd recommend? I'm just, you know, so this is like totally not, it's very selfish. I have a bus ride coming up to Chicago and I need something to read. <laughs> <laughs> 
Wow. I, you know, I'm the type of person who only remembers like the last two or three books that I write, <laughs> you know, I don't, you know, uh, but one of the books I recently read that it had everything in it, good, bad, ugly, uh, that was fairly recent it was called The Great Alone by Anna Kristen, I think. Anyway. Uh, it takes place in in Alaska, and I I have a thing about Alaska. I've been there. Um, it is just there's there's a piece about it. There's you know, as in P E A C E in Alaska that I guess it's the sound of the winter. I guess I went skiing there and, and there's a sound to the winter in Alaska. And I'm not sure exactly how to explain that. So anyway, that's one of the books I recently read that I really enjoyed. Um, but it does have some ugly in it. So just so we're clear. <laughs> yeah. So trigger warning. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It has some well, abuse in it. Let's put it that way. So, yeah. Gotcha. Um, well, the book that I'm reading think might be of of interest to our community it's called every day by david leviathan it's about this entity that wakes up every day in a different body um male female able-bodied disabled um yeah. you know different races different uh you know just just all the different walks of life all of them and uh they fall in love with a girl and then they, they're trying to find ways to get close to this person. They might have a disability, not be able to drive, or they might have a drug, they might, uh, they might live too far away, or they might have some, you know. So it's just a really interesting book. It, it really touches on like different gender things, and it touches on what love can be. And, and it's just a really interesting book. So I'd recommend that one. And I would love Anthony at some point to like actually have a conversation, like a full show about LGBTQIA plus books that are yeah. of our yeah, community. Especially now that BARD has it categorized. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, I, I agree with that. And like uh, Byron and I did one on, uh, on science fiction, which we really left it open to do many more on science fiction because we barely scratched anything and it was very popular i'm gonna throw my my hat into the ring here and and i'm gonna uh suggest two books that have definitely affected me um the first being a wrinkle in time by madeline langle um i just love the message of it and it's a really gripping Mm -hmm. and engaging story the movie even though it had Reese Witherspoon and Oprah Winfrey, <laughs> the movie, I don't think that a movie can do that kind of book justice, no matter, you know, no matter how great, no matter how much money is involved. And the second one is a little surprising, but um, James Patterson years ago wrote a book called Suzanne's Diary for Nicholas. And it was the first time that he jumped out of the horror thriller, you know, suspense genre. And it's billed as a romance but honestly, it, it's just chock full of life lessons. It's sort of like reading Dianetics or, you know, in the form of an actual story. And, you know, every, every couple of years, I go back and I reread it because I, I love all of the messages in it. 
Um, but yeah, we should definitely start up our book chats again. Um, they were they were really very well attended. That's that should be one of our goals. All right. Um, we are coming to the end of our time together. Um, as one of our founding members is very fond of saying, time is a very cruel mistress. So I want to give each of you an opportunity to thank the people that voted for you, to talk to the members of BPI, but also to all of our listeners out there. And sometimes we get up to seven, 800 um, clicks. So, you know, you might be talking to a lot of people today. Let's go backwards, Vito. I'm very thankful to uh, be on the board. Um, so yes, definitely thank you to those who voted for me. I hope and I will make it a point to meet many of you, hopefully in Omaha. I will mm-hmm. meet many, many of you and we will get to talk about where you are in life and what you would like to see us do. And what are your goals how can BPI be of a source of strength for you? But also, how would you like to be a source of strength for a BPI? Nice. I think that's it. JD? Yes, I do thank everybody for the opportunity to uh, serve on the board. Um, I hope I meet and exceed your expectations. And I do urge everybody to contribute where you can um, because it's, it's not a board thing. It's not about the board. Uh, the board is just here to help make sure everything is getting done, but not necessarily be the ones to do everything um, because it, it's built up of, of members and contributing and together, and that's how we grow exponentially. So thank you. And uh, yeah. All right, Miss Lee. Well, you know, one of the things that I really want to help BPI become is something that you care about deeply, and it's not just part of the daily grind. Because I know how it gets. You know, you're going through your email. And you're getting hundreds of emails every day. And, you know, you're on a bunch of mailing lists and you get, you get an email from this mailing list and you get an email from that mailing list. And you go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just delete those. You know, you're like, eh, I'll, I'll get around to reading those later. And then you never do. I want, I want you guys to see BPI stuff and go, ooh, I need to look at that because that's important to me. I, I want to help people feel like BPI is family. Because like when I went to Denver, I had never, I had met some of you guys on WhatsApp. Uh, I had, I had met some of you in person during the pandemic, but largely I didn't know a lot of the people that were at the fall social, but it didn't matter because we had this thing in common, these two things in common, our um, sexuality or our gender identity and our visual impairment. And um, so it just it just felt like we already had something to kind of break the ice and hanging out with you guys felt like family. And I want to help other people feel the same way when they see BPI stuff. I want to make you guys feel emboldened to help BPI become stronger and get other people involved. I want to give people a safe place to come out and to talk about their experiences coming out to family and friends and encourage other people like like BPI has done for me. So I'm just so excited to be a part of this organization and to do more. 
If you're not yeah. part of our WhatsApp group, please reach out. Um, our email is very easy. It's the word membership at blindlgbtpride.org. That's membership at blindlgbtpride.org. And one of the things Byron was just talking about, JD is actually instrumental in, we have a weekly clubhouse presence. JD, do you want to just uh, tell the folks about well, that? Exactly. And matter of fact, I was going to try to butt in and say, oh, I want to mention this. Yes, every Friday night, uh, except this coming Friday after Thanksgiving. Uh, so I don't. And probably no. not after Christmas either. Yeah. Correct. But uh, we host a, uh, a clubhouse room. So if you're not on Clubhouse, you might want to join us at 8 p.m. Eastern. And it will go on as long as there's interest and somebody to keep the room open. Uh, I usually uh, want to call it quits by 1130 uh, Eastern. But if we have somebody that can take the baton and go further, we can. But we usually have a good group of usually up to 20 people. Then it will go down to four people, then more people back and forth. So everybody is welcome. You don't have to be a BPI member, but we would love you to join. You don't have to be LGBT. Just want to come and socialize and uh, hope to see you there. Awesome. Well, as Gabe said earlier, I definitely want to send thanks and love out to Mark Hanahano, Jessica Kell, and Holly Karsmarski, who are leaving the board, but are not leaving our hearts or our organization. And I just want to say good luck. And I am really very glad and thankful that I'll be working with the three of you at least over the next year, but hopefully for a lot longer than that. Pride Connection will be airing every two weeks at 10 p.m. on ACB Media One going forward. And you can find it wherever you get your podcasts by typing in ACB Pride Connection. Be back in two weeks with a great show on transgender issues. Have a great holiday season, everyone. You've been listening to Pride Connection, sponsored by Blind Pride International, a special interest affiliate of the American Council of the Blind. Please check us out at blindlgbtpride.org. Pride.org.